Hello and welcome along again to the week nine review show here at Third and Goal. Uh, I'm Dan, I'm going to guide you through to tonight's show. And as ever, I am graced by the presence of Rob and Fred. How are you guys? I enjoyed that. Great. Did you? Yeah. I, it's a privilege to, and an honour to speak with you, Fred. <laughs> and you, Rob, sorry. <laughs> your, dulcet, your dulcet tones calm my mood. How are we doing that, all right? Yeah, good. You? Yeah. I think so. Anything, anything exciting over the weekend happened to any of you? Mate's yeah. wedding? Had a nightmare at work, which has gone on all week, which is like literally the worst thing that could ever happen happened at work. So Wednesday won though, right? Wednesday won. Yeah. Falcons just about won. The Falcons just about won. Yeah. Stop moaning then. What a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that never happens. So <laughs> You should do that at a double. I've never done that bet. Both teams sport double each week and just see how often that comes. Or Charlton lose every week and the Bucks until recently lost every week. So I'd probably, I'd probably be broken homeless and we wouldn't be doing this show if I'd have done that for the last five years. If I did that with Wednesday and the Falcons, I would also be homeless, I think. So I would say the last five, six years, Bucks have had whatever, one winning season and Charlton have suffered four relegations in six years. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be boding too well for my bank account. But um, but week nine is done and dusted. Um, Falcons did win. It was a surprise, but believe it or not, it probably wasn't the biggest surprise on the weekend. Should we go and have a look at our games first and then and then touch on the surprises? What do you reckon? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, let's start then. Green Bay, Kansas. Who was that? Fred, that was I believe. Me. Oh, did you? That's Rob, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I think Jordan Love looked like somebody that was making his first NFL start. Um, before we go into it, did you see Jordan Love's mum's seat? Yeah. No, but I've heard about it, but I've not seen it. It was in the, the very back row of the very top tier. Literally, what, it was drop off behind her. And what was she complaining about? Well, that was the away allocation of tickets that they give to the friends and family. She was the very back row of the very back tier. It's a bit harsh, right? Well, this. she wasn't paid for it, so... Apparently, people gave, like, other players gave up seats so that she could go or something like that. So, apparently, it wasn't originally part of the allocation or something. Well, then, and, that, 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 the winner got a ticket for the quarterback's mum, obviously, Aaron Rodgers... Uh, I don't think his mum's ever been to see him play. Exactly. Jordan loves to go every week, can't they've, she? They've never used a seat that has a sticker on it that says QB's mum. So. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Rob, I took you off topic. No, that's all right. Um, yeah, it looked like somebody making his first NFL start. Uh, he had some inaccurate throws. Um, there was one, I can't remember, it was in the first half and um, he just dumped it off. But as somebody's like charging towards him, he like jumped in the air and like all his body like sort of contracted, like he was scared and just like sort of panicked and just luckily there was someone there to to collect it. But I was watching it thinking like, you don't look ready or comfortable or um and like he I say, it was really struggled picking up pressure, didn't he? 
picking up pieces yeah, is, is think, a really struggle. Yeah, and I think Kansas did a did a good job on that. Um, especially like on third down, they were heavily blitzing um, because they knew that third down he was likely gonna gonna panic or or whatever. But yeah, I think throughout the game he didn't look um, comfortable. Like I say, it looked like somebody starting the first NFL game. Um, it took him really from what I would class to get a meaningful drive going in the fourth quarter. Um, not much for them to write home about in the first three quarters. And on that meaningful drive, then uh, they get near the red zone and he throws an interception. Big one score a touchdown uh, shortly afterwards. Um, but yeah, you know, I think Green Bay's defense, they played, they played brilliantly. Um, offense was poor and special teams even worse. They missed two field goals. Um, if they have scored those field goals, could have been 13 all. So, um, not a great day for for anyone but the defense. Really, for Green Bay's perspective, I feel like they'd have probably won the game relatively comfortably if Aaron Rodgers had been playing. Um, just you know, having that, well, having <laughs> Rodgers <laughs> would have made all the difference. Um, that I think it's Love's fault. As you mentioned, Dan, Chiefs constantly brought the blitz um, and Green Bay struggled in pass protection, which didn't help Jordan's Jordan Love's cause. I don't really know what's going on with Kansas, though. Uh, they're having their own struggles. Um, Mahomes, he made some bad passes. They made some bad drops. Um, as I've said, Green Bay's defence Played really well. They limited the Chiefs to 14 first downs and 237 yards of total offense. Um, I think Green Bay defense can be usually happy with what they did. They did a great job, played a great game. Um, Packers have not lost any ground in the division. Vikings lost as well. Um, They weren't the only AFC team to have a frustrating day, as I'm sure we'll uh, touch upon later. The Chiefs are back above 500, but this is not the team I think any of us expected to see. Um, they don't look like back-to-back AFC champions, that's for sure. Um, they've only managed 46 points in the last three games combined. And in recent years, I don't think you'd be surprised if they put 46 points up in one game. Um, it's, I'm not really seeing much improvement from them. You know, Only putting up 13 points at the weekend. Um, and like I say, I think they were lucky that Aaron Rodgers was unavailable for this game because I think the scoreline would have been different if it was. And I'd <clears> not be surprised to see them uh, lose again next week when they play the Raiders. I think you're right, Rob. I watched this on our game in 40 and the Chiefs just look so blunt, didn't they? They're going for a lot of you know short passes now. It's probably the right thing to do because they're messing up the long ball and the screen passes to Hill. But even they're not really coming off a lot of the time. It's really bizarre. Um, Kelsey dropped a couple of bad ones, didn't he, as well? You know, and you just don't expect it. They look, they look almost like a shell of themselves, don't they? And it's a really bad shell of themselves offensively. I just don't know... You know, obviously, all their pro- well, we highlighted their problems before. I think we know what the problems are, but they've just they've taken this step to try and fix things, which is quite clear, and just trying to throw the short ball and run it on the ground a bit more. But they don't look much better for it, do they? If at all. <clears throat> no, I mean, you talk about um, 
some drop passes from Kelsey and there was one, I can't remember if it was third or fourth quarter, and it was a bad throw from Mahomes. It was sort of slightly behind him. Um, I think that sort of shows the sort of issues that they're having. One, it's a bad pass from Mahomes. And then two, even if Kelsey was on the receiving end of a bad throw, you'd expect him with his talent that he's got and the tight end that he is to still, you know, it wouldn't surprise you that if he then still managed to catch it somehow, but he sort of twisted his body and juggled it and dropped it. And there was nobody around him whatsoever. And it just like sort of, like I say, amplifies that nothing's really coming together for them. And like you say, Fred, normally you think you're going to put, uh, the Chiefs on and you're going to watch this electric offence and there's just none of that whatsoever. It's just blunt and... I think, weirdly as well, the O-line looked a lot better, I thought actually, compared to, you know, you've got a good defence. Actually, the O-line held, seemed to hold a lot better than it had in recent weeks. So I know there's the sack and everything, but, you know, Mahomes seemed to have a little bit more time and it seemed to make no difference as well. It's it's odd. I don't know. Yeah, I think they struggled a little bit on the off offensive line early in the game but I made a point of trying to watch them and like you say as the game wore on Mahomes did seem to have a lot more time in the pocket and they did seem to hold up better in pass, prote- pass protection um, I don't know it's just I know their defence is terrible and their offensive line's been like a revolving door in the off season it's been all changed there but you still expect with the players that they've got and the talent that they've got to be doing better than they are putting more points up than they are <laughs> not losing the games have lost in the manner that they have. And it just does not look like the Kansas City Chiefs side that we know that in recent times. A bit I saw was, it seemed Mahomes was trying to force it. He is a superstar. He is a super talented player. I, I, there was one player, I can't remember the situation of it or anything, but I've seen the throw and he tries to find, I think it's Hill on a 35, 40-yard post. It would have been, I don't know, five, eight yards short of the goal line. I mean, when you watch it from behind Mahomes and you see his view, he has Kelsey about eight, ten yards over the line of scrimmage in absolute acres of space. And it looked like he was he didn't even look, he didn't even look to him. He had his eyes on Hill and on Hill and on Hill. And Hill was running in double coverage and he threw the ball and it you know, it landed in space and it was incomplete. But it just I think it was a third down for memory as well. It just seemed like he wanted that headline, that highlight. He was trying to force it to maybe generate some momentum or something. I don't know. But the team at that stage probably didn't need a highlight play to generate momentum. Actually, just getting the ball, moving the sticks, keep the chains. Do you know what I mean? Might have been. Yeah, I think you're right with better. that. I think there have been times this season where in previous years, when the Chiefs have been in trouble, you'd look to Mahomes to turn a game around and flip on its head. And yep. you have the confidence that no matter what the player was, what the route was, what the coverage was, the Chiefs were going to pull that play off. And this season, it's like, that's not happening. And like you say, I think Mahomes maybe is trying to compensate for the team's struggles and put the team on his back and say, look, I can do this. But it's just, he doesn't look capable of doing that right now. And I think they probably do need to say just in these players like this, when you've got Hill and you've got Kelsey, you probably don't need much more. Just go through a couple of progressions and, oh, look, Hill's in double coverage. There's Kelsey in acres of space. Boom. Yeah, and, when you struggle, you have to go back to basics, right? Yeah, just dial it back a little bit. <clears throat> hmm. And they, they seem to run the ball okay. 
25 attempts is fair, 77 yards. You know, it's never that's what the Chiefs' line is going to be, right? Roughly thereabouts. So, yeah, I thought um, you know, I thought they did a good job running the football. And to be fair, I thought Green Bay did a good job of running the football as well. Cool. Anything else to add on that one then? Not from me, I don't think. Cool. So, talking of teams that struggle to run the football. It's what I've picked out in my game. I had, I was going to say the game of the week. It wasn't the game of the week. It was horrendous. It was the Houston Texans against the Miami Dolphins. And let's face it, we all knew it was going to be horrendous to start with, didn't we? So, um, Miami ended up winning it 17 to 9. I went with the Texans on our prediction thing, mainly for the upset. I don't think anyone's truly surprised the Dolphins won, are they? Big thing for me coming into the game was there was no Tua Tagovailoa. What did you guys make of that? Because I've got my thoughts on it. It was weird, wasn't it? Because he practiced, didn't he? Um, he was throwing balls with Brissett in the warm-up as well. And he, you know, people watching him do that said he was in no apparent pain. Um, I know he's been reported to have injuries, which obviously I believe he does to some extent. But... I don't know if they just thought to themselves, maybe, well, we're going to beat the Texans. We'd have to be dreadful not to beat the Texans. We can have a, a fit or two in next week. Let's go with that. There's a couple of different ways to look at it, though. I'm not fully subscribed to that viewpoint. Um, you know, there's some awful QP playing this game, wouldn't there, really? So, bring back to it, I don't know. I mean, Do you have any thoughts? Um, I know it's still class on their injury report has been limited in practice in the early part of this week. Um, I've, to be honest, I didn't think anything much of it other than he's still not fully recovered from his fractured finger, but I'm guessing the sense, Dan, that you think there might be some more to it. I don't know why. I've just got a hunch Tua doesn't play for the Dolphins again. Ever? Probably. And do you think it's this certainly is certainly not a star? From I the... think it stems from the fact that they vocally tried to sign Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. They they come out and go, two is our guy, two is our guy. Oh, Deshaun Watson, yes, please. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We didn't get him. Two is our guy. Well, if you're two, how does that make you feel? That, that They're telling you they've got every confidence in you, but actually they don't. NFL careers are short and short lived. Mm-hmm. Why go and stand behind that O line? And I said something I little chat the other day. Yeah. The most pressures allowed on a QB by offensive lineman and the joint first are three Miami Dolphins players with things like 73 pressures each they've allowed on a QB. If you are a bit injured and you come out of college injured and a bit bruised, why would you risk your career and put your body on the line for an organization that you know in three months is going to go, yeah, you're number two now? Why would you do it? Because if, if the Sean Watson clears all this up and we hit January, February, March, next September, two don't start for the Dolphins. Why would you go out there and do it? Why not just go, yeah, my finger's a little bit sore this week, guys. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Has uh, he done enough to get a starting job elsewhere, though? That's the other thing. You know, I know his record's okay, but I think he went 3-0. Since he went 3-0, his record's actually a losing record, isn't it? Um, you know, he doesn't automatically... Go a starting job necessarily, does he? I don't think he does. Maybe there's mm. some teams out there with some horrendous QBs about at the minute. Mm. But even a backup on a reasonable team will give him a better chance. You know, look how many QBs have gone down this year. 
What are we looking at? Eight or nine, probably starting QBs gone down. Um, yeah, so I think... And but there was always talk of him potentially being involved as part of the trade. Well, that all goes if he plays and gets injured as well. Mm. So I don't know if it's him or if it's the organisation or what. <clears throat> I don't think... And it is just a hunch. We see two a player again. Think of it like our football terms, soccer terms, if you will. How often do you hear a player not happy, don't want to play, wants out in the January, you know, at the end of the January transfer window? All of a sudden, they've got an injury that week and they don't play again, and you never see them again because yeah, they try to force their move. It can't be an easy situation for either party now. After you said they, they were so vocal about trying to make the trade happen, I mean, two is going to feel pretty Un- unwanted. Unwanted, yeah. Um, I was thinking of that when you were saying about the dolphins, all I could think about was that meme where there's that girl in that red dress walking down the street. Oh, yeah. In front of the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the boyfriend's looking back at the girl in the red dress and I'm guessing uh, that's Deshaun Watson. Um, and yeah, it's probably, you know, it's probably driven a wedge in there and uh, caused some ill feeling or whatever. So, you know, and at this stage of the season, for the Dolphins, even though they've won, their season is done. So it doesn't matter whether they phoned me up and said, do you want to come and play a quarterback for the rest of the year? Their season's not going to get any worse. And trust me, I cannot throw a football to save my life. <laughs> I think the big problem is as well, it's not just like going after Deshaun Watson in a fully fit, no issue. Deshaun Watson who is clearly a better quarterback than what Tua is now because in a way you can sort of understand that but it's the fact that I think actually when you sit back and look at it there was no real chance all of his legal issues were going to get sorted pre that window and they were like you said Dan so vocal so committed to trying to get everything sorted I mean as Tua you're thinking how bad must I be if they're going after this person who has so little chance of being ready to play this year you know and they're trying to get these assurances which were just never existent either it was really bizarre and like you said Rob but since well. until just... the 11th hour before starting that. Yeah. Before they started demanding, this needs tidied up, this needs tidied up. That was at the 11th hour. It was too late to get it tidied up. Mm. I'm sure, I don't know, behind the scenes, obviously, the, the agents and buyers at the B have probably already had that discussion. It just seemed strange from that one. I agree. Um, so does Tour ever play for the Dolphins again? I'm voting no. What do you guys reckon? I reckon he will. Yeah. Yeah, I he'll think do it he's it. Tough he'll do it there. Thursday night, probably literally two days from now, just to shut me up. <laughs> I did think he would, but you've sort of convinced me slightly, Dan. I can see why there'd be huge amounts of friction and ill feeling amongst both parties now. Um, I, don't I know, certainly it's... can't see him finding a gap, picking up a run and putting his body on the line for a first down, can you? No. I mean, you're allowed to say no, Fred says yes, and I'll just stay on the fence. <laughs> I guess as a show, we don't lose either way then, right? Exactly. Uh, unlike our normal results prediction competition, we can actually say we won this one. <laughs> <laughs> we got that one right, guys. Well done. Um, back to the game, 9-17, one touchdown. Nine turnovers between interceptions and fumbles. Neither team wanted the ball. Um, Jacoby Brissett did okay 244 one touchdown two interceptions Tyra Taylor 240 yards zero touchdowns three interceptions pretty similar cards they're probably pretty similar players I think for me only one person 
came out of this game with any kind of shred of it wasn't a bad game, and that was Jalen Waddle. Eight receptions, 83 yards. I think it's not a bad day uh, for a rookie wide receiver in any game. Um, but the thing that grabbed me, you guys know I like the running game, right? Across both teams, Miles Gaskin and all the running backs that Houston used, excluding Tyrod Taylor, there were 35 running attempts. How many yards do you reckon they got off 35 attempts? 65, some ridiculous low, 65, 66. Wins at 84 yards. Miles Gaskin had 20 carries for 34. And <clears throat> excluding Tyrod, who had 23 yards himself, the running backs for the Texans had 15 <clears throat> carries for 50 yards. No wonder they were throwing interceptions. If you can't get the running game going, the corners sit off, the safety step in, and you're in double coverage all the time. So, yeah. I think the quicker we can now move on from this game, the better because <laughs> it couldn't have been a joy to watch for anybody from, from what I've seen. So I'll wrap that one up there unless you guys have got anything to add. No. Nah. No. Superb. On to yourself then, Fred. We talked about surprises at the start. Mm. Let's lead it in with this game. You went for Cleveland and the Bengals. Talk us through it. Yeah, it's a funny one really because this Cleveland's side have been very, very odd in comparison to what I expected, in comparison to what you expected. It's probably worked out exactly as you expected by this game. Um, and I think Rob probably was more with me initially pre-season with Cleveland. I think from a Bengals point of view, actually, the more I think about it, the more I think this is quite a realistic result. I think realistically, and I still think this, and I've said this all along, I still think they're probably a year or two away from being a really, really good side, but they do have a lot of really good elements. You know, the way Chase and Burrow have um, linked up this year has been superb. And, you know, the fact it's just clicked straight away. I know they've got history and so on and so forth, but you know, the fact that's clicked straight away is a real bonus more than something that's really expected. And obviously Joe Mixon's had a good year and T Higgins obviously good as well. Um, but they are going to have weeks like this where it doesn't quite come off. And, you know, even Burroughs, who, Burroughs, sorry, who's, you know, let's not forget, it's not played lots and lots of, prof- you know, NFL um, football. He didn't have a great day by his standards, obviously throwing the two interceptions. From a Cleveland point of view, actually, I'm really surprised by the performance. The criticism I've had of Cleveland is that they just let other teams dictate the pace of the play and they will match that. But actually, it's a game for once they took complete control of, really, from the second quarter and didn't ever look like letting go. And that is something that actually this Cleveland side have failed to do. Even last year, they didn't really ever take control. They'd have high-scoring games, but let the opposition score highly as well. Um, It was a really impressive performance from then you know they sort of exposed us sort of an off day i think from the bengals point of view and um yeah it ran out winners from a baker mayfield point of view where is he at i think he had an okay game he managed the game pretty well i think again he's you know he's a a good quarterback probably just above average but not great you know you don't look at that 41 points and think that's all down to Baker's work you know he's gone 218 yards and thrown two touchdowns you're relying heavily on Nick Chubb who you know is having an excellent year and you know from his point of view and from the Browns point of view obviously he's gone on the COVID list I think today that is a big thing for this game against the Patriots on uh, at the Maybe weekend all their running backs on the COVID list are they all what Janice Johnson as well is he they're left with just the Ernest Johnson. Um, yeah. Demetric Felton's gone down. Kareem yep. Hunt's already injured. Nick Chubb's gone. The Ernest Johnson is the only healthy running back. Now, the other two, Felton and Chubb, are both vaccinated, we're informed. Yes. So if they can provide two, two negative, negative tests, tests 
they can in 24 hours they can play. Um, but at the minute, it's yeah, touch and go, I guess. Mm. I mean, you'd think you know where are we now? Wednesday. You think there's every chance, like I said, touch and go, but there's still every chance they may get there. You know, you're not going to have a Rogers type situation, are you? Where you know you're just gone. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones is very good again as well. You know, the heir apparent to OBJ, if you like, and they actually seems a lot freer without him. You know, actually, there's quite a lot of you know big throws, although, you know, it's bemoan Baker's 218 yards a bit, you know, they made a lot of space and they exposed that secondary of the Bengals quite well. And, um, you know, <laughs> you've got players averaging over, well, well taking people's Jones out of it, he's averaged 43 yards of completion, which obviously is not sustainable. But, you know, you've got a lot of guys comfortably over 13, 14, 15 yards, 22 yards, one reception for Demetric Felton. You know, they, they did a good job on the Bengals and it was actually nice to see a game where the Browns, you know, controlled that game and put their own stamp on it, as I said, rather than let, you know, let the other team control the pace and let's see if we can beat them at that. Um, you know, pretty impressive performance, to be honest, and defensively as well, obviously, the three sacks, um, very good, and, you know, two interceptions also very good. So it was a sort of performance that actually, if this had happened week one, week two, I think we'd all be saying, yeah, Browns are the real deal, we're going forward. But the reality is, you know, there's a lot of inconsistency, a lot of inconsistent performance. Baker's playing with an injury. You know, can they go and put this performance up against the Patriots who do have a very good defence um, you know, if they do if they score 41 points against the Patriots they'll go and beat the Patriots, the Patriots probably don't have 41 points in them realistically but um, you know, against a very good defence that's been good, you know pretty much every week bar one um, it's a different, different ball game particularly without Chubb but we'll see you know, this should on paper be a very good side I think but they're not all the time Fair. So, are they still in the hunt here for this AFC North? Oh, they play like this every week. If they played like this every week, then yeah, absolutely. But you just know they're not going to. This is the problem. This is the frustrating thing. And if you're a Browns fan, you're probably tearing your hair out, aren't you? Really, it's tough because obviously the Ravens have got have got a you know a fair lead in a month. They've got two games, but you know, in terms of playoff spot, you know they're only. Um, out of the playoff spot, you know, very, very narrowly, aren't they? Because Patriots are five and four as well. So, you know, whoever wins this one gets the tiebreak. And I think realistically, they're probably chasing a wild card spot more than they are the AFC North. But, you know, yep. it's not, not impossible, is it? This is weird. The Bengals, we were talking about two weeks ago, were top of the AFC North mm-hmm. after beating the Ravens. And now they're sitting bottom. Bit of a turnaround, tough couple of weeks in, in Cincinnati. Hmm. Yeah, it's a real tough division, that one, isn't it? I'd expect, like Fred's just said, uh, Ravens to, you know, the only a couple of wins ahead, but you'd expect them, they're the, be- the best team in that division by far, I think. Um, and I felt from what we've seen so far this season, the Bengals were probably the second best team. Um, although uh, the lost two on the bounce now, and I feel like I cursed them two weeks ago when I <laughs> They were probably one of the the best in well the most informed teams in the AFC, and then they go and uh, lose two in a row. Well, that's uh, just reminded me. It was the Bengals we was talking about when I was looking for my book the other week, I believe. <laughs> and I have my book today. I am armed with it, and I don't think I've got the Bengals predictions in the book. Steelers as well. I mean, Steelers are one of the best. You know, it's a horrible division. Yeah, the Steelers looked the way they started the season. They looked like they were like they were done, didn't they? And 
Um, in what was a tough division, I expected them to probably go on and finish bottom of it, but they're the team that's that's turned it around now, and um, they beat the Browns in the game. Um, play them again, I think. But uh, yeah, I think you know those are the teams that are fighting for that for a wild card spot more than winning the division. Hmm. Fine. So other events in week nine since the week of surprises. That was certainly one result there that I think struck us as a surprise. Rob, briefly. Falcons beating Saints is probably not a surprise to you. Um, but everybody it, else, it perhaps was. It was a surprise to me because... I think it was um, more surprising. It was not the end result. It was the fact that the Falcons nearly threw it away and actually didn't this time. The Falcons falconed and Very then, nearly. <laughs> and stopped themselves. Um, you know, for three quarters, I thought we looked... We look great. Um, yep. Not wonderful, but I felt like the game was manageable and we were doing enough. We are horrific at running the ball. Um, absolutely horrific. And I don't, I think that probably played into what happened in the fourth quarter. If we could run the ball, then I don't think we give up 22 points in that fourth quarter. Um, and the scoreline could have been a lot different, but we we can't run it. What can I say? Um, I didn't feel comfortable in the first quarter, um, but at halftime, being 10 nil up, well, I still didn't feel comfortable. I can remember saying um, to you guys, like, we're 18 points up, and I don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable. And then what happened? The Saints go and score 22 points. Um, they go 25-24 up. And the ball's back in Matt Ryan's hands for a, a last-minute drive. And you know, Arthur Smith's come out and said, we believe in our guy and there's no one I'd rather have a quarterback for a game-winning drive than Matt Ryan. And, of course, he's going to say that because he's the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. But um, it was probably a, a time where I'd agree... More so now, I just feel like our offensive line is poor. We've not got the same sort of weapons that we once had. And um, talent is spread a little bit thin. And I did not think that we would go and get any points on that drive. I just thought, you know, we've thrown this away now. We're going to complete. We're going to go three and out on this drive. Um, like we had done the two before. And lose this game in spectacular fashion and um, then you know what a throw by Ryan what a play by Cordell Patterson to put us straight into field goal range and um, yeah I was sweating a little bit as we took a knee to run the clock down to two seconds called a timeout <laughs> and um, yeah then you're just hoping that the field goal goes through and you know young way coup didn't have to worry, really, did I? Put it straight. Oh, through. he missed one against yep. the Chiefs last year. Uh, the, yeah, Chiefs last year, didn't he? In a similar situation. So, well, yeah, oh, I've been worried. Um, yeah, but don't. I took the moral victory on that one. Remember, Fred. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Cordell Patterson, what a revelation he has been this season. At thirty years old, and primarily a, a kick returner, and one of the 
best kick returners ever yep. to grace the football field and um, is I think is they showed a graphic on Sunday which said the year when he had the saw the most snaps was he when he was with the Bears he saw eleven percent of offensive snaps and you know now he's I think he's seen like way over fifty percent with us and um, he's going as a running back, a pass catching running back, a wide receiver. I, I think I saw a quote from him and he said. My mum worked three jobs and she raised me, so why can't I play in three positions? Yeah. And then in the same press conference after that, he said, I'll play any position, I'll make a play. He said, if you put me at safety, I'll get an interception. If you put me at um, a defensive end, I'll get a sack. And, you know, that's the sort of, when you see him, and they're interviewing him a lot because of what he's doing on the field, but also his personality, and he's just full of... Enjoying his football, isn't he? Yeah. And... The sad thing is, is that at his age now, he's going to see an opportunity next year as for a big payday, and rightly so. Um, and it's sad as a Falcons fan that we won't have the cap space to offer him a deal. Um, so he'll probably go somewhere else. But part of me is just hoping that for him, it might not be about the money. And he just thinks, I found an organisation after eight years in the league that is playing me and I'm enjoying Value my football. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to stay. Um, but money talks I suppose all of our Good. fantasy teams hope he does stay and hope he carries on his form I can tell you that now how mobile was Matt Ryan Rob I mean this was I've never seen so much mobility in Matt Ryan he was dodging tackles yeah what a yeah what a duke and you know he had a similar run uh, I remember it was last week or the week before and tackled in the same way and sort of going down on his front and then fumbled the football. And <laughs> after the defender got to him, it looked like he was going to do the same thing again. And I thought, oh, my God, he's going to fumble it here. Um, but he didn't. And, um, you know, he got quite, he got asked about that post-match and him saying, like, oh, you're running more and this and that. And he came out and said, I've always played the game the same way. And, you know, I'm just in autopilot and... Um, you just don't think about it. You're just thinking about getting the first down. If you can't pass it or hand it off, then uh, I saw a lane and I'm going to go. And I'm not doing anything different to anything I've ever done. Fair. That's enough Falcons talk. I'm bored <laughs> of it. <laughs> but you're back in the playoffs, Rob. Actually, just really quickly. That's a good feeling, right? Yes, we Super. are. But I've actually seen Falcons fans complaining that now we're like something like 18th pick in the draft. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have it all, man. You could be 28, you know. Yeah, I like, I don't care. Like, would they complain I would... if they was 32? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we had Bucks fans complaining we didn't have a top 10 last year. We won the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just want to see us win. Yeah. I don't care. Win games, who cares if we, you know, people were on about it last year about tank even further, and it's like, I don't care. I want to see us win. Last two or three yeah. games. Yeah. I don't care if we fall out of the top 10 picks. I just want to see us win. So, <laughs> taking your word, Tank, there last year was Tank for Trevor. Another team near the bottom are the Jacksonville Jaguars, who mm. ran out 9-6 victors over the Buffalo Bills, which I saw something that the Bills Mafia UK fan club had a meet-up for this game. <laughs> and you can only imagine the mood in that bar, can't you, with the final whistle being blown. Um wasn't one for the purists. 
Jags celebrating like they won Christmas. Um, just a blip for the Bills. Just something didn't click for the night day. Do you reckon they'll bounce back all right, won't they? Oh, the UK Bills, they planned a coronation, didn't they? That was, the, you know, celebrate the big win. What a day. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, there was some fantastic... It worries me, Fred, because the Bucks UK fan club are meeting up this weekend. So that really worries me. I haven't seen the Bills do that. So. Are you going? Uh, I'm not, because I'm meeting some other Bucks fans in a couple of weeks, and to travel up for two of them is too much, so... No, fair yeah. enough. Um, yeah, there's some fantastic stats on this. I think Josh Allen intercepted Josh Allen, Josh Allen, and sacked Josh Allen. He did. Well, he, didn't sacked, he? he sacked, forced a fumble, and, and intercepted. Yeah. yeah. If you had money on Josh Allen getting the MVP of the game, you would not have had money on it being that Josh <laughs> Allen. Um, and you know, Jaggy was a couple of things. Jaggy was first win since the first week of September last year on American soil. Mm. That's a Hell of a long time for your American fans to, to witness a win on their own soil. Um, and Lawrence, as well, was the second rookie QB to beat Buffalo under Sean McDermott era. Do you know who the other one was? No. Shout out to all the Jets fans here. Sam Darnold. <laughs> <laughs> that career has gone really well. So... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Only so. great things expected. Oh, the Jags' defence are excellent. They really were, actually. They held very firm because, actually, Buffalo put up a fair few yards and got, you know, into good positions and good situations. But, actually, they they just were shut out, in you know, to a degree. It was They were very good. It wasn't a great game to watch. I'd watch some of it. But, you know, I, I'd, I'd loathe to say it's an Urban Meyer masterclass, but it was a defensive, you know, they were excellent defensively and they big plays and big moments. And that was the difference. The Bills, weirdly, didn't have any of that big play and big moment mentality for whatever reason that day. Fair. Really quickly then, Broncos run up 30 points to zero on the Cowboys before the Cowboys finally hit back for meaningless points. I mean, at the time, I think 30 to zip when I saw the scoreline come from red zone was quite surprising. Especially in in AT and T there. Yeah, um, <clears throat> you know Broncos have got a brilliant defense. Um, we've spoke about that before, but you would not expect them to shut out. Even you know you can have the best defense in the league, shutouts are still rare, um, and you'd expect a team like the Cowboys with the way that they've been playing to be able to put points up and. You probably have the, well. You would have the Cowboys as winning that game anyway, wouldn't you? Um, so I think yep. it's surprising that what is a comfortable scoreline and for the Broncos and like you say, the fact that the Cowboys got 16 points in what was essentially garbage time. Um, yeah, they went for two. Why did they bother going for two? No point. If I'm rightly, Dak ran it in as well, didn't he? Yeah. Why would you put your quarterback, your franchise quarterback on the line going for two in a situation like that? It just seems so pointless and meaningless at the time. So when he's, he's still having some, you know, injury struggles, um, <laughs> well, maybe not struggles, but you'd still be cautious over the troubles that he has had with his yep. shoulder as well. Um, Particularly as they're going to win that league as well. But there's no question they're going to win their division. You know what I mean? It's, yep. it's just that is going to happen regardless of whether they lose or win. It's, yeah, you're in a position like you just chalk it up, don't you, and, and move on. Well, talking of their divisions, Giants also picked up a win, which was quite surprising. It's an informed Raiders team, I guess. Maybe a lot of the behind-the-scenes backfield stuff at the Raiders has maybe become a dist- one distraction too many this week for them to to truly focus. I'd agree with that. 
of her, probably in a nutshell, really, from their point of view. Yep. Um, Titans Rams seemed a good game. I think a lot of people were. Maybe the Rams didn't quite show their best self, but Titans now Derek Henleyless seemed to seem to stand up okay. Do you think it's just the Rams didn't know how the Titans would be without Henry and the Titans caught them off guard a little bit? We didn't plan properly. I mean, when you lose a player like Derek Henry, um, who has been the best running back in the league without McCaffrey uh, struggling through injury um, the last couple of seasons. Um, But when you look at them, they started off, they lost the first game to the Cardinals. They lost a horrific overtime loss to the Jets. But since then, they've gone on and beaten the Jaguars, who um, are obviously an amazing team after they managed to dispatch the Bills. Um, but they're beating the Bills. They did a, you know, they made light work of the Chiefs. They're beating the Colts, um, and now they've gone and beaten the Rams. And you know, they've they've won five on the bounce now and gone seven and two after being two and two. So, you know, losing a player of Derek Henry's caliber is huge for them. But um, yeah, I, you know, I think that they are a good team. They look it. They certainly look it. Anything else if you want to it's add? Or just very easier for them as well. Like they're playing Ross. the same Houston and Patriots next. Yep. And the Jaguars again. So, and then they finish with Dolphins and Texans. So, you know, they're easy going to. And there's talking Henry being back potentially for the playoffs if all goes well when the healing comes. So that will be a huge boost for him hitting the playoffs with Derrick Henry coming back. Mm. Just one question I got for both of you, which I'm really interested in, right? Every cool. Jets quarterback who's flying into that organisation since Zach Wilson's injury is putting up points, putting up yards. Even Josh Johnson, I know he scored a lot of his points in garbage time, but Wilson hasn't scored points in garbage time. Where is Zach Wilson in this pecking order? Because it is just everyone else is making this offence score points and look better than, than what the Wilson ever has. For me, when Zach Wilson's fit and healthy, he goes back on the centre first game. Ability-wise or not. Mm. You've drafted him at two. You've given him six, seven games with a new head coach, new coaching staff, new quarterback. That takes more and more time. Um, yeah, I, I think fundamentals, he is the better quarterback. It hasn't quite come to fruition yet. Mm-hmm. But... No, I don't think they pulled a plug on him right now for Mike White. It isn't like Tua last year had a Ryan Fitzpatrick behind him, who's a, an experienced, serviceable professional and can do the job role. They've got Mike White. You, we're talking about dropping Zach Wilson because he hasn't done it for Mike White. Well, Mike White's done it for a game and a half. Well, yeah, but then Josh, the same Josh Johnson games? comes in and does it as well. This is my issue. It's not just like Mike White having a fantastic game. Josh Johnson comes in and has a very good game as well, you know. A lot of that for me, and Mike White's first game, comes down to expectation <laughs> and pressure. Yeah. Zach Wilson goes out there every week. The expectation and pressure of his uh, franchise quarterback he has to deliver. He has to not make, state, not, not make mistakes. Uh, he has to lead the team. When Mike White went out there, he went, hey, I was back up. I have got nothing to lose right now. Have a bad game, I go back to being a backup. Have a good game, I might have a career in the NFL. Mm. 
let's go and enjoy it. I might not start many games in a 10, 12-year career in the NFL. I'm going to go and enjoy this one. And that was it, difference. He doesn't have the... If he throws a turnover, he throws a turnover. If Zach Wilson throws a turnover, it's going to be highlighted, picked apart. Why did he do it? Why didn't he throw it the other way? And that, I think, is purely all it comes down to. Yeah, I brought this up last week. I don't know if you remember saying with Mike White being able to put up points, um, <laughs> what does that say about Wilson and his... Not that it was going to be a bust, but what does it say about his uh, where he is in his progress into becoming a NFL quarterback? And I know you said at the time, Dan, uh, I forgot who the Jets played last week, but um, their defence was scheming for Zach Wilson and then ended up with Mike White, which was like a curveball, which I see that as well. And um, But I do, you know, I get what you're saying, Fred. Um, you know, they're coming in here, they're putting up more points than they have all season. And regardless of the QB, you know, you've had two do it now. Yeah, and Zach Wilson's not there, but I agree with Dan. I don't think they're going to give up. Uh, you know, I think it's strange that these guys have come in and managed to put points up and where Wilson's really struggling. Um, but they drafted him number two overall, and I think it's too early for them to pull the plug, whether it's just for this season to getting to learn it's not like they've got a solid 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 backup that they think you know you need a bit more time ready to play uh, so I think he'll go back in Zach Wilson will have three to four years as starter before they decide what they're going to do as per Sam Darnold the quarterback next year isn't a wonderful class so if it's dire next year yeah and they've got a high pick I can probably see them taking one maybe 23 but I actually don't think they will. I think they'll give them 23 as well. See how it goes from there. Anything else you guys want to touch upon? Or should we call it a night? No, all good. Get two shaking heads at me. So, great. That is our roundup of week nine. Thank you for those that are still listening. Uh, and we will be back very shortly, I'm sure, with a look ahead to week 10 and the return of the Bucks. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye.